Spilling Reality. I'm Daniel Moss. I'm going to be doing the show solo today. Uh, it's going to be my first solo show, so hopefully it doesn't bore you to absolute death. Um, and let's see if I can actually talk for an hour. So G's not going to be able to come on today because we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. Um, but no worries. I got you. We're going to go through everything, and uh, this will be actually the second time I'm recording this because the first time I forgot to turn off a setting in my audio, and it sounded like a massive echo the entire time. It sounded like a bad acid trip. I don't really usually record with headphones. Um, I just don't really like it. I think it's important if there's more than one person, but since I'm doing it all by myself, I tried it with headphones and then decided to not do headphones, but you have to turn something off when you do that. Otherwise, you'll be recorded over yourself twice. So that was so fun. But that being said, it's been a really good week. Uh, Thank you. So many people have been listening, and I really want to just take a moment and thank you to all the new listeners and all the people who have stuck with us over the past nine, now nine episodes. So we are having so much fun doing this, and we look forward to doing it for as long as we possibly can. Um, it's just a good time, and you know we really love interacting on Twitter and live tweeting the shows. That's probably been one of the most fun parts, other than the actual podcast itself. So I'm really happy to have had that experience, and I, like I said, I look forward to keep doing it. I have to say, it's definitely one of my favorite times of year with the Bravo shows. Um, it's reunion season, and we get a couple of those a year where the the franchises line up, and it ends up just being a really crazy, hard-hitting three weeks of just reunions and finales and all kinds of crazy stuff as we get ready to kind of transfer into our next round of franchises. We have OC coming up in the beginning of August, which I know G especially is excited for, but I am also really excited. I never really watched OC from like the very, very beginning seasons. I mean, I have now, but like when it was on, I really really didn't watch Bravo at the time. So I would say probably in the last four seasons or so, I've really caught on and watched it regularly. So I'm definitely excited to see what's coming up this season. It's going to be nuts based on the trailer that we all saw. Um, So looking forward to that. It was a really big week in Potomac. Um, G and I each have like certain shows that we don't really watch as much as the other does. So we try to fit it in when we can, but since I have it all to myself today, we're going to talk about some Potomac before we get into reunion season. I would say that Bravo definitely is my sports. Um, as someone who wasn't really particularly athletic growing up, I mean, I played tennis and I like practiced really hard and got good at that. But I was never really a sports person. That was definitely G's thing. Now, she'll tell you about sports all day long, but... Bravo is my sports, and I would say by that measure, that would make reunion season my playoffs. So really excited to get into that. Um, we're going to cover the Beverly Hills finale as well as the New York reunion um, part one. Um, but first, I really want to get into Potomac. So let's dive into that whole situation. So the last couple of episodes of Real Housewives of Potomac, I would say, would qualify as being more of the climactic set of episodes with, you know, the bigger fights that they go over in the se- in the season trailer and things just kind of come to a head. So it's been a very juicy past couple of weeks. Um, you know, you have this whole situation where all of the foreshadowing from the beginning of the season with Ashley and, you know, the allegations against her husband um, in terms of 
saying that he you know wanted to do a certain thing to one of the house husbands that's coming to light and then you have of course this past episode the whole issue of uh, the alleged groping the cameraman um, comes to light as well so which surprisingly I you know we all know that that got dismissed and it ended up being nothing but in the moment in the show I definitely was surprised to see how little of a reaction that got out of Ashley. I mean, I think it's really great, and I think it shows really good um, competence in her marriage and situation. But at the same time, like, they definitely sold that as being one of the major fights of the season. So maybe there's more to the story, and I definitely can't wait to the reunion, but I definitely want to sort of recap the last couple of weeks for those of you who watch Potomac. I would say that in terms of the dinner party at Candace's house. I don't really understand why Ashley decided to go to that. Um, you know, obviously Candace definitely seems to be a little bit on the petty side and invited her, but at the same time, it just wasn't done with good intent. And I think Ashley knew that. Like, I'm, I'm equally as curious as to why she decided to go. Was this producer-driven? Was this something that, you know, she went to go pick a fight? I, I, I can't really tell which it might be a mix of all of it to be honest but at the same time I'm having a hard time finding sympathy for Candace at this point point. You know, she made light of Ashley's miscarriage which I just think is something you don't ever do to somebody especially if you've never been through it but just at all in general really it just didn't seem very tasteful whatsoever and I think that based on what I've seen on Twitter it seems like most people feel the same exact way uh, we ended up actually <laughs> inadvertently getting in a quote-unquote Twitter war with Candace last week. Um, we live-tweet the shows, and, you know, one thing I noticed was Ashley that particular day had just had her baby, like that day. So congratulations to Ashley and Michael and little baby Dean. Um, definitely a good new adventure and long-awaited for Ashley, so best of, best of wishes for all of them. But what kind of got me was that even knowing that all of this just happened, I mean— Candace definitely seems to have like a serious anger issue. I mean, that you can kind of see that based on her relationship with her mother. I mean, it's something I can actually understand on a very like honest level. Um, I mean, I've had uh, a similar relationship with one of my parents in that same capacity where, you know, it it really gets under your skin in a way that without even realizing it, you begin to emulate the behavior. You know, you start acting like the very thing that you're trying very hard not to be. Um, so I think that's a common like occurrence with a toxic parental relationship. And no offense, but I mean, Miss Dorothy seems absolutely bananas. I mean, not only is she like a licensed psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist or whatever she is, um, that's even scarier to me because then she's got like the tools to literally emotionally and manip mentally manipulate people. Um, and based on like their fights and things like that, I mean, she just seems like something just gives me the creeps about her. I don't know. But, you know, in the, la uh, the last episode um, before tonight's, this is Sunday, by the way, we saw her go to therapy with her mom. And I mean, her mom like very graciously agreed to go. But then it was weird because when they were actually there, she was completely combative and totally dismissive of the whole thing. And 
I think it says something like that Candace was trying to make the effort to go. Now, whether that was like done on like pure pretenses, that's, you know, that's questionable. It's a reality TV show. And when you bring a camera crew in, I mean, there's a certain amount of it that's going to be played up for the cameras. I mean, that's understood. But at the same time, I, I just found it very concerning how even in the presence of a fellow professional, uh, she was just very combative and dismissive and just wasn't trying to trust the process that she preaches at all. And I found that to be you know sad. But at the same time, she's a grown-ass woman. And I'm afraid that if you want to go on a reality TV show and put it out there that your mom financially supports you because you know you have rich parents and whatever and um you know you share the house with your mom that you live in i mean you're opening yourself up for that to be discussion i mean you've just created your own storyline so it's like my my whole thing with her is just like why are you so angry like when people discuss it i mean you've made that part of the show so it just seems a little entitled and annoying the way it comes across sometimes and I mean, in terms of the Twitter situation, Ashley just had a baby that day and she was sitting there like calling her a roach and just, just saying nasty things, just personally attacking someone, going for the jugular. And keep in mind, this all happened on the show like months ago. So to be harboring that kind of like very authentic rage to then just release on social media, it, it, it's just a bad look. It doesn't scream class at all. And I don't know if that's just how she rolls as a person or if she's just trying to secure a spot for a future season or what her motive is, but it just was gross. And I mean, we tweeted and we were just like, hey, like she had a baby today. Can you like show a little decorum? And I mean, that thread went off. Like she was so combative and dismissive and people were like so far in agreement with what we said and she was just really rude and not like not receptive whatsoever i mean we try our best to not like personally attack anyone um you know a lot of blogs and a lot of uh, podcasts and things like that they are kind of designed to be really provocative and just extremely kind of at times overly aggressive towards people i mean we realize that, you know, we enjoy the shows and we love them and we love like the drama and all that jazz. But at the same time, like we try our hardest to not really attack anyone personally. I mean, we don't know you outside of the show for the most part. So it just I mean, it just doesn't seem fair to do that to somebody. And it's like really, you know, not good for the psyche whatsoever. But if you want to go ahead and come at us on Twitter, well, boo boo, I got you. She decided that she wanted to take a dig um, and just talk about how, first of all, this is a podcast, not a blog. There's a very big difference. Blogs are in writing. This is not that. I mean, it's very clear. It says so in the bio. You could have just clicked the profile and made yourself sound 10 IQ points a little smarter. But no, you want to go ahead and stand there and say that, oh, like I'm not giving your 55 person Blah, I don't even remember, 40, 60? I don't remember how many followers, 60. 60 person blogosphere, any clout. And I'm just like, uh, excuse me. I was like, I don't think it's you giving us clout, dear. That would be the people that are actually liking the tweets and agreeing with the general and honest fact that you're acting like a lunatic. I mean, good God. How, like, how self-involved and unself-aware can you possibly be? And then I like just casually responded after that, that, you know, we might only have 60 followers, but 
that's 55 more people than who know what the Miss United States pageant is. Because as far as I knew, it was a fictitious pageant that was on Miss Congeniality. And uh, the only person that was actually in that pageant was uh, Leanne Locken. So uh, I tried to at them, you know, in the comment because, I mean, God, for a pageant queen, you sure do, like, really have some rage, public rage issues. But Turns out they don't really have a Twitter account, so I found that pretty interesting. But, you know, who am I? By the way, we're up to 82 followers, so thank you very much. Um, <laughs> it was just uh, it was just really tactless, and it's just not a good way. You're not a fixture on, any, on this show whatsoever. I mean, you are really playing it fast and loose with your fan base if you think that you can just talk to people like that and expect anyone to, like, want to like you. I mean... Ugh, I just don't get it. We really like and love every one of our followers, and we really like talking on Twitter and all that jazz. So, I mean, it's not about how many people are watching or listening. It's about the ones that are. So clearly she has the wrong outlook on things. But not to make this into a Bash Candace podcast. We're going to move on from that. Circling back around to this dinner party, um, Ashley basically shows up, and Candace starts in with her digs. And Ashley definitely takes her to school by reminding her that, uh, you know, she just came into her her mother's house, (laughs) which, you know, definitely a volatile way to go about things. But at the same time, you know, we live for a good fight. What can I say? You put it, you put them around a dinner table, watch the fireworks fly. Candace just proceeds to get super ratchet and be like, this is my house. Don't talk about my mother. Blah, 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 blah. And just starts like screaming and like just losing her shit. And, you know, God bless her husband for trying to calm her down. I mean, he, like, I gotta, I wonder how that's going to work out because he already very much seems over her shit, but we'll get into that a little later. So she's going off and then eventually just asks Ashley to leave and like, get out of my house, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'll leave your mother's house. And it was just like, you know, kind of egging her on. But, you know, it's kind of when someone has a button that's that visible. I mean, you're going to push it. You're on a reality TV show. It's not that hard. You, you've just shown your weaknesses. So anyway, that happens. And then uh, she comes back. And the whole topic of conversation about Michael allegedly saying those things at Ashley's party for her uncle when they were all hammered drunk uh, comes out and, you know, she's like, uh, he didn't say that. And, she, you know, she seems pretty confident in that. I mean, I think that if it had actually happened, someone would have gotten it on Mike. I'm a little surprised to see that because you know it wasn't there. So, I mean, I don't really believe that it happened. I mean, it seems a little clandestine on the part of Robin and Candace, you know, kind of cooking it up a little bit. I do have to give Robin credit, though. It's not like she, you know, she talked about it in her confessional before it came to light, but she didn't really talk about it with anybody else to the point where when Candace brought it up prior to the dinner, she was like, oh, my God, I literally thought I was dreaming. I thought I was like just drunk and hearing things. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just had a bad sense of humor, lack of inhibitions, something. Or I don't know. Maybe that is his thing. But I, I, I've i met Ashley and Michael several times. I live in Washington, D.C., of course, and was a pretty frequent visitor to Oz. Uh, I really, really liked their chicken parmesan and espresso martinis, and it was a pretty choice date spot as well. But, I mean, I've met them. Um, I mean, they hang out behind the bar, and they talk to people. And I just didn't get that vibe off of Michael. He was very nice and very kind, and— Definitely didn't seem gay. 
um, the way that it's made it out to be. And somebody put on Twitter, interestingly enough, you know, that it seems like a lot of like thinly veiled homophobia, which I found pretty interesting. I think that um, I'd like to get G's take on this a little more, but it just seems just thinly veiled homophobia. I don't know how much I agree with that. I mean, that's definitely something I'm going to we'll run this by G next week. But what I got to say, what I found particularly hilarious is when they uh, when the whole thing was over and Ashley and Katie Roast were in their car headed home, it Katie was just like on her phone, just casually like, so is he gay? And she was like, Ashley was like, no. And Katie was like, well, OK, then I got to say, I'm kind of enjoying Katie this season. I don't know if they've just like put her on some new meds or something, but she's just like very opposite to what she was season one when she was a full-time housewife. Um, Jury's still out, in my opinion, on whether or not I want to see her come back as a full housewife, but I'm definitely enjoying what I am seeing over on this this season for sure. Uh, Moving on from that, you have this most recent episode um, that aired tonight, and there is a lot of recapping of, like, people's feelings about the whole dinner party situation. It seems to be a pretty divided crowd as to who's on whose side. But what I will say is that I definitely, I mean, I'm definitely just one that really believes, you know, controlling your emotions is very important. And so the way she acted was just foolish. It was, it was very childish. I'm not trying, I'm not, like, waving the Team Ashley flag. I do understand the point of, that she dished it out last season quite a bit, and you can't really do that if you live in a glass house. It's just, it's going to come back to bite you in some way, shape, or form. So I do think that in a certain way, she's kind of getting it dealt back to her this season with, you know, the things that are going on involving her. But that being said, in this isolated instance, I think she, the way we're reacting, waving the friggin' butter knife, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what, what are you doing? Whatever. Anyway. There was one particular scene where Monique and Candace were hanging out at Monique's house, and she was just trying to like explain that it didn't seem like grown woman behavior. And once again, Candace was just like completely non-receptive to the whole situation, which I just thought was not helping her case. Like Monique was definitely trying to throw her a bone, and Candace wasn't having it. So whatever, you'll learn the things the hard way or the easy way. Who cares? Then we have the whole you know, breaking news, sexual harassment thing about the charges that the cameraman filed against Michael Darby, um, or like very late last year. Um, we all know that got dismissed again. And I mean, I definitely expected it to be a bigger um, point in the episode, but Ashley seemed very confident in her marriage and um, didn't really react to it at all. Uh, so, I mean, we all know how that pans out. It seems to be a moot point. But, you know, they go to Katie Roast's hoedown, uh, which I found hilarious, and they just get into it again. And um, Candace passive-aggressively apologizes for acting that way, you know, at the dinner party and deliberately not giving Ashley any part of that apology. It was definitely geared towards the other ladies for acting a fool on camera, pretty much. And then just hell was like, uh, you need to direct your apology over there. And it just went down and um, just not, I don't know, kind of over this. Can we move on to something else? Monique, who's been really nice, gets like to Candace, gets into it. And I just think that you're, she's really doing a great job at alienating herself. But I mean, at the risk of this turning into a bash Candace podcast, we're going to move forward. Let's talk about below deck med. That was 
a really good episode this past one right off the bat very quickly and very like very drop the guillotine um mila got fired the homophobic not chef so good riddance i've never seen someone get fired so like eloquently and respectfully in my entire life like i want sandy to do like a speaking tour on being a boss and being a leader because that is definitely someone i would try to uh, emulate in my own life for sure very firm and fair but also kind and compassionate um so once she was let go uh, thank God. Anastasia was brought in and asked to cover as chef for the upcoming charter because it's really hard to just hire a, a new chef mid-charter season. Uh, so that happens, and she, of course, knocks it out of the park because when in doubt, you stick to what you know. You know, she cooked really not so off-the-wall food, but, I mean, they raved about it the entire charter. All the guests did. So, I mean, that's very stressful. I can imagine, like, Going from a third stewardess, which involves doing laundry, as she says, to just becoming the chef, which is like one of the most important parts of the crew. You know, she killed it. She absolutely crushed it. Then, of course, at the end of the episode, we know she ends up getting fully promoted to the chef. So she's given the option whether she wants to go back to being a third stewardess or whether she wants to be promoted. And, you know, I was surprised. I honestly thought that uh, that she was going to not go through with being the full-time chef but I mean got the background and experience she knocked it out of the park I personally think that she should have been tipped double for that charter I was a little surprised to see that that wasn't the case but because the food was so good they ended up getting a massive tip anyway I think it was one of the largest um, that was ever on the show Uh, so that that was really cool uh, Joao has been interesting this season. He's really stepping up his game um, just as a person. And he seems to be a really decent leader. I mean, Jack, Jock from Liverpool, you know, we, we we pretty much have figured out he's just kind of a lazy bum. He's there for comedic relief. And it seems very apparent that's the one thing that kept him from getting fired based on interviews on Watch What Happens Live and the like. So, you know, I, I don't hate him. I mean, he, I can see why on a yacht that could get very frustrating so, I mean, I definitely understand that. Um, we do get to see Joao's drunk alter ego Jezebob come out. It started to come out this past episode at the end, but it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a definite moment. So really excited to see that tomorrow uh, when it airs. But, oh, Aisha, actually, the um, stewardess who got the really perverted sense of humor, but also not a hoe. She actually was so sweet. Like, uh, she listened to our podcast, and I thought that was awesome. Um, We really like her, and she was really nice to chat with on Instagram. So thank you, Aisha, if you're listening still. We really appreciate you listening, and we can't wait to see you on Watch What Happens Live this week. So, I mean, it was a pretty all-in-all, kind of a tie-together episode. You know, they they had to get rid of, you know, the terrible chef, and uh, it was great to see how things kind of transitioned. The big question is now, who comes on as third stewardess? Um, that is going to be very interesting because I have no idea how that's going to play out. Um, and everyone seems to have been getting along thus far in the season, and I'm really interested to see if that changes with a new personality. Hanno, as we know, who is the chief stewardess, she can be really selective. Um, if she doesn't vibe with somebody, she tends to like really kind of ice them out. Um, so it'll be, let's see. Let's see if she can keep up the really good managerial skills and putting her emotions aside and whatnot for this new third stewardess. I'll be, you know, hopefully she'll be introduced this coming episode, but uh, we shall see.
All right, now let's get to the good shit, shall we? We know what we're here for. We're here for the Beverly Hills finale, and we're here for the New York reunion. But ba ba reunion season. Ugh, my favorite. Okay, this has been probably the longest season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills I have ever watched. And all the nine seasons, this is definitely the longest. It wasn't so much that it was long because of the number of episodes, because I actually looked it up, because I felt like there was like way more episodes than there actually were. But there, there were definitely the normal amount. I think it's because there were like two different storylines, kind of. Like the, the season sort of morphed midway with the whole Poppy Gate situation into post when Lisa stopped filming and the girls all started getting along. Um, you know, there's definitely some fire still going on. And from what I understand, it's going to be quite the reunion. I am so excited to see that on Tuesday. And, you know, we've already seen the trailer. It's going to pop the fuck off. So definitely stay tuned for that. I hope to be live tweeting that if I'm not on a train at that time. We'll see. Um, but I may have to move my train ticket back to the next day. I don't know. Press one if you want me to change my train ticket and live tweet Beverly Hills. <laughs> so... It was still quite the episode, though. Um, you have the whole situation with Camille pretty much outing Dorit for not having the kind of money that she purports. I mean, she does wear probably the most flashy clothes on the entire show. I mean, when you're wearing everything that's Balmain all the time, like going to the drugstore and just like decked out to the nines. Yeah, if you if you're if people are going to like pay close attention to your means. What I found interesting is that Camille had mentioned Dorit's husband owing money to one of her close friends, who I think was this uh, this Greek dude uh, who apparently lent him a million dollars or something like that that never got paid back on time, which, as you can see right now, it's in the courts. And as of, I think, a couple of days ago, it came out that one of Dorit's bank accounts actually got frozen over this whole situation, um, which was absolutely wild and right on time not a minute too soon for the reunion so um and the watch what happens live episodes this week so i particularly am so excited to see that uh you have camille who sort of like i can't get a read on her you know she's to me everyone says she's like season one camille and in certain kind of ways i can sort of see that but season one camille to me was kelsey Grammer's wife you know, she was trying to save face for her failing marriage. And then, it, you know, she got a slice of humble pie when he left her. And then, you know, it kind of evolved from there into a Camille that we all love. Um, this season's Camille is a little, uh, I can't, it, it's just, what, she's on two different wavelengths. Like one minute, she's pretty cool and just chill and just having a good time in Hawaii and getting along with everyone. And then she like goes to 100, like at the drop of a hat. I mean, you see that at the agency party where Kyle and everyone are celebrating the agency's um, newest, it's a monumental, I think, 50, 45th, 45th location. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, but, you know, Camille walks in just like ready to throw the fuck down. She walks in with her little nobody's entourage and just immediately just is like, um, someone comes up and try to talk to her and she's like no shut it down like Teddy comes up to like you know Teddy okay here's the thing I like Teddy I think she's good for the show but she really needs to like kind of change her approach next year she needed a she needed this year to really kind of get on the map um, so you know for that I come I applaud her because she did a great job um, but she's really like 
she's she's over inserting herself it's getting a little out of hand the situation with dorit and camille Grammer doesn't have anything to do at all with teddy so she kind of just cuts shut down real fast and then everyone can't really figure out why she's in such a huff about everything and she's like oh it's because i found my balls and blah, blah, blah. i'm like oh my god no you had a talk with a producer and they told you to ramp it up this was basically her audition to come back as a full-time housewife next year there's no doubt in my mind you know, she she wanted to go out with a bang, and she did. I don't really think it, it just seemed misplaced the entire attitude. But like, no one cares if you're nice to Lisa Vanderpump. It's more along the lines of like just saying, being consistent in what you're saying, saying one thing to somebody's face, and then saying another thing behind someone's back. Is, it seems a little foolish to me if you know you're on camera and you know you're mic'd up. Like you know they're just gonna make it rain flashbacks on you the entire season. And I think that's a lot of what happened to her. But she definitely gets an earful at the reunion. Uh, one thing I found interesting, particularly on Twitter, that she mentioned was that she initially wasn't planning on attending the reunion because she said that friends of the housewives don't actually get paid to go. So, you know, for her to show up and take the beating that I'm pretty positive she takes, um, there's something to be said for that. That was a ballsy move. We're going to have to wait and see how that all plays out this week. But um, then it, like, weirdly cuts to, like, six months later where they're all, like, sitting there, having a good time, like... It just seemed too chummy, kind of. And then it comes up with Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> Lisa Renna ran into Lisa Vanderpump in a parking garage, and I guess she was fumbling through her purse for some money to tip the valet. And Lisa Renna was, like, watching the whole thing happen, and she was just like, do you need some money? Which, like, I love Lisa Renna to death, but come on. That was a little backhanded, and you know it, girl. You know it, but that's why you make great TV. Um, and then Lisa turned around and was like, no, and if I did, I wouldn't take it from you. And I was just like, I don't know why that came out in a Southern accent. Whatever. Uh, we're just going to roll with it. I mean, they just like just dragged the shit out of Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, she's pissed because none of her other scenes got aired except for the opening of the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden, which I'm sure had something to do with her contract. But she's like, you know, it's in the media now that she's like mad that they didn't air some of her other things. And it's like, girl, you left the show midway. You don't get to pick and choose what they air. They, you know, obviously Andy Cohen has a huge degree of respect for you for the ratings that you've brought that entire network. But at the same time, you know, that was gracious. I, I mean, Adrian Maloof, who you publicly condemned at the season three reunion you know it's a bit little a little bit hypocritical for you to just not make your gracious exit which you know she apparently has um unfortunately you know as we all know her mom passed away so that's really sad she's definitely taken a lot of hits this year for sure uh but you know she's still filming for the next season of Vanderpump Rules so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure oh wait one more thing I want to cover here on this there's the whole like fight that Camille sort of came out with and it didn't really make sense to me it was very it seemed very left field and very almost producer driven I've been watching a lot of Unreal lately I know it's really hard to believe that I had never seen that show 50,000 people have been like you gotta watch the show you gotta watch the show well I started last night and um, I'm addicted so I uh, definitely I'm wondering how realistic I mean, it's it's a lifetime show, so you know it's played up. I mean, at least it's not someone killing their husband, but at least it's played up to, um, you know, for the drama factors of that show. But I found it, I find it super interesting, and I'm kind of wondering if this whole fight about uh, Teddy allegedly like snubbing Camille's daughter at the airport, um, 
I just don't think that's real. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. It sounds like a producer sat her down and said that that happened and she just ran with it and it's going to come out again in the reunion. And I just think that it's just Camille's attempt at a final jab to secure her spot on the next season, which I mean, frankly, I don't think she even needed to do all this. From what I understand, it was her choice to leave the show in the first place. And I would think that at her leisure, she could just come back on whenever she wants. I mean, she's good TV. You know, she's definitely authentically Beverly Hills, authentically wealthy, you know, and she's, you know, she's got a little air of cattiness about her, but you know, we're going to see how that plays out. All right, let's move on to the Real Housewives of New York reunion part one. It was a little slower than I imagined it being, but that just means that season two and season three are going to be like really fiery. I mean, we kick it off. We're just Ramona just is god bless her she is a space cadet but we all love her um you know the first five minutes of the reunion were all the housewives plugging their products you know you had sonia and sonia morgan and everyone's just talking about like there it was a it was a commercial basically and then you know ramona goes on and she's like oh yeah i'm selling my apartment and like just gives her address on national television like i i was searching I was like why are they beeping oh Oh, she's saying her address on TV. They're literally beeping out her address right now. I just thought that was like, wow. <laughs> wow, Bethany. Wow. Um, that was pretty hilarious. Um, most of season one, it was sort of rehashing and cashing out on Bethany's trauma over losing her ex-fiance, Dennis. Uh, that was sad, though. I really like Bethany. She's definitely, it's no secret, she's one of my, one of my very favorite housewives of all the franchises, uh, just because I like that she's been real the whole time. Um, no, you know, she, season one, she didn't have two nickels to rub together. And she was selling, you know, cookies at a, in a grocery store. And now, you know, she's like filthy rich and definitely the most successful of all the New York housewives for sure. Um, so it was really sad to see her have to go through that. But it looks like, you know, she's moved on with her new boyfriend and things are going better for her now. You know, it seems like she's really taking some healthy steps to get past all of that. Uh, then we sort of kind of transition into more or less the man in her cabaret. You know, we have to listen to her talk like she doesn't know why she was just made out to be such a villain this season. And here's the thing, you know, uh, she just lacked self-awareness. You got to own it. You got to own it. And she eventually did. I mean, it took like literally a knock a knockdown drag out between her and Dorinda. She was like, you, you you didn't inv- like I, I was confused at one point in time. I'm like, what season's reunion are we watching? Because you're talking about stuff that, like, a fight that happened last season with the, the Giovanni heckling thing. It's like, all right, I, it was fun. I'm over it. Move on. And then you have Dorena that's just like, you didn't invite Johnny to the cabaret opening, and I just thought that was really rude. And you have Luann that's just like, oh, darling, it wasn't. I, I did invite him. I sent you a text and said it wasn't my problem. And then you have Dorena being like, you pick a piss over somebody I love. How dare you? And then you just like, oh, it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And they finally admitted that, you know, Dorena heckled with the Giovanni, and Luann was being a catty bitch the whole season. And then they move on. And, you know, it seems genuine enough. We'll see how long that sticks. You know, that'll pretty much be a telltale by the beginning of next season. Um, And then you have, of course, the whole discussion of Tinsley and, you know, whether or not her ex-boyfriend Scott is bankrolling her. Uh, She swears up and down she's not. 
But like, also, what do you mean? How are you guys broken up and he's not buying you presents and taking you shopping for expensive shit, but you're going on trips together? That just doesn't add up. I mean, it's not helping your case any, sweetie. But at the same time, it was uh, hopefully a solid foundation for the remaining two parts of the reunion. And then we also get three parts of the Beverly Hills reunion. So it's going to be awesome. I find it hilarious because I remember watching the now widely published Instagram live conversation between Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper, where he like divulged she wasn't there. And I was like, I knew he was going to do that. I was like tuned in and I, yeah. So it, it's interesting that she didn't show up. I get it. I thought it was kind of a bitch move, but whatever. Uh, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. I mean, other than that, it's just, there's not whole much left to talk about. I guess we can kind of wrap this up. All right. Well, you can follow follow us on Instagram at Spilling Reality. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Spill Reality. And of course, we're on Facebook too. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you could just take one second to just give us give us a rating and give us a few words. I mean, they don't even have to be nice ones, just words. It really helps people find our podcast. It only takes a second and it costs you absolutely nothing. Um, but that being said, we really definitely appreciate all the new listeners and we really hope to continue this, you know, diving into all these reality TV shows and whatnot and interacting more on the social media. I got to say, that's been a really fun part. That's definitely been one of the most fun parts for me. But otherwise, thank you so much for listening to my rant. Uh, first solo episode. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but hopefully I didn't fuck up this audio as well. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I know I didn't. But um, we're going to have next week. I'm, I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving, leaving Tuesday, but I am going to record um, from my vacation. And we'll have G back and we'll get her take on some of this stuff as well. Um, and then we'll even have some stuff to talk about with the reunion for Beverly Hills and even possibly part two of New York as well. Anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. I'm Daniel Moss, and we will see you next time. Bye.